One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another edition of the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. Got a really, really good episode for you. Got multiple guests, so I'm going to forego my normal comments as we start to jump into the show and get right to them because there's a ton of information I want them to share uh, our first guest is Daniel Pewter. He's a former undefeated MMA fighter. He won the $1 million Tough Enough champion for the WWE, a deputy sheriff, and a founder of the My Life, My, pa- My Power, which is MLMP. And he's also the co-founder and serves as president of the MLMPI, which is My Life, My Power Institute, Prep Academy. He is an advocate for public education, believes that his purpose in life is to inspire youth of all ages to lead significant and purpose-driven lives. And his partner is Jennifer Kramer, who's been an educator for over 21 years and has served as an assistant principal, an SEL curriculum developer, athletic director, teacher, coach, and educational lobbyist. Uh, Currently, she is a co-founder as well and serves as the superintendent and Chief Academic and Accreditation Officer for My Life, My Power International Prep Academy. And let's welcome them both to the show. Jennifer, Daniel, how you both doing? Amazing. Thanks for having us on today. Thanks. Yes, now we, great. Thank you so much. We got a chance to meet out at, at LA. A lot, of, a lot of my listeners follow a lot of our travels and where we went. So, you know, they knew about the, the Mickey Mouse Club reunion. They knew that I was coming out um, for City Summit and City Gala in LA. Uh, that's where we got a chance to meet. Jennifer, you're actually one of the partners and, and kind of organizers of City Summit and City Gala. Uh, and then I got a chance to meet you there, Daniel, and, and watch you rock the stage. And, and that's where this this started, as well as our mutual friend, uh, Dr. Amen, right? But uh, yes. how, t- talk to us, tell a little bit people uh, about my life, my power, what it means, and how you guys started it. Well, when people brand their company, it's always interesting to see what their brand stands for and what when you hear the word or the words, um, what it relates to it, my life, my power, uh, our goal with it is to help people understand that they can own their power in their life. There's so many people out there that don't believe in themselves, that don't understand how to love themselves, that don't understand how to care for themselves. And so I believe that everybody has a choice. Maybe they don't know how to do it yet. And so we started my life, my power in 2010 uh, as a nonprofit impacting communities around the world, anti-bullying, drugs, gangs, suicide, uh, sex trafficking, amazing, amazing um, network of, of people, whether law enforcement, educators, uh, community groups. Uh, and then from there, we started our uh, private schools, our preparatory academies uh, two years ago, 18 months ago. And Jen has led with the accreditation, the academics. Um, we have two other partners on it and they just rock these kids' lives. Um, our deans are amazing. Our teachers are rock stars. And our goal is to create the most amazing humans in the world. For the last 100, 200 years, we've created um, people that sit down and read a book and take a test. And I believe the future of the world is to create better humans not just humans that can bypass a test or have a career because most of our kids say are growing up with so much debt after college, um, credit card debt. They don't know how to budget. They're not learning the basic things. They don't know how to cook. They don't know nutrition. They don't know mental health, emotional health. 
So we help these kids starting in sixth grade, understand their emotional health, um, their belief intelligence, social emotional learning, and we build these humans from inside out. Yeah, Jennifer, one of the acronyms we were using there quite a bit was SEL. Can you describe mm-hmm. what that is and, and really what, what that means? So yes, that social emotional learning, it's, you know, it's used in school. So you base it on like emotional intelligence. It's kind of like IQ versus EQ. In schools, they focus on the IQ and your EQ is, you know, learning how to communicate and understand yourself as well as, as, well as understanding others. So, you know, we incorporate that and in all of the things we do in our school system as well as through my life, my power and the trainings that we do. Um, but it's just, it's just a way to really empower youth and empower adults to understand themselves, to understand others better. And EQ has really been kind of this latest wave, right? If you, if you look at business books and business leadership, it started with management. I mean, everything was about management. And, and then mm-hmm. John Maxwell came along and, and a lot of people started to go towards leadership. Then there was kind of a big coaching boom. And now it's a lot of conversation around EQ, although it's not new. Most people are really, and is that, Daniel, because of the school systems as well, that we weren't really just um, exposed to this? It's not something that we really should have known about? I mean, why, why is EQ getting so big now? So EQ is not the foundation. Emotions are not the foundation of why we do everything. Our emotions are created based upon our beliefs, and that's called the belief intelligence. And our beliefs are, are formed from being in our mother's womb to about seven years old as, as a core foundation of the subconscious within our brain. That is our, our beliefs are created based upon sounds, experiences, actions, thoughts, uh, what we hear in TV, what our mother does, fitness, and even our physiological intelligence, which is really when we're in our mother's womb for nine months or so how we get built as a cellular structure. And so I find that the schools are doing something that's simple that everybody can do. What we do is something a little more difficult. We do belief intelligence. It's the deepest foundation piece of why somebody does something or why somebody's emotions are a certain way. And what I find is, is that it's not easy to do that. It takes a lot of training. We have a whole entire system, uh, three experiences. We call it our black belt emotional and belief intelligence training. And it's three trainings that the first one's fun. Second one gets really deep into self-reflection and, and accountability. And the third one, if you're not ready for life and you're not really ready to own it, which is the my life, my power side of it, then get ready to get blown out of the water because you're not going to last a day. And so we've created this because we want to create the best humans and so humans today, I believe, aren't taking accountability, responsibility. They're not being authentic or aligned with who they really are supposed to be. They don't understand their vision or purpose. And so we help them understand in a deep dive really how to own it, own who they are uh, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever makes sense to them. You know, it's interesting. My, my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, Paul Martinelli, talks about believing your own BS. And BS really <laughs> means belief system. Right. You can, you can use whatever acronym like you want, yeah, but, but believing your own BS and in, in coaching, what we have to do a lot of times is break down that, that BS. For instance, you know, belief system is that all money is bad, right? That, that uh, everything, everything, when you start to earn money or start to, to earn money, that it comes bad. It has negative consequences. That was a belief system he grew up with versus being able to change that belief system into understanding if he had funds, he could fund things like your Academy and fund things like, 
you know, that, that really could give back to the world. But one of the words you said a couple of times there, Daniel, is one of my favorite words, uh, which is accountability. And I think that there's a lack of accountability both on the parent side and on the student side a lot um, as, as we start to see some of the failures in our current education crisis. But um, why? I remember I was having difficulty with my daughter and I wanted her to read an article on accountability. And it was just something I just wanted her to learn how to own her emotions, own her outbursts, those types of things. And she goes, Dad, I'm not going to read something that, that tells me that I'm a bad person. So talk to me a little bit about why account how you guys get accountability into kids. So, so, I, so number one, I think everything comes, comes down to a value proposition. Um, we go to the bathroom because it's better to go to the bathroom in a toilet than go to the bathroom in our pants. But a lot of the time... <coughs> There's two different scenarios. I always ask people that that are having a challenge in their life. I'm like, I'm like, so if you go uh, 80% of the way to the bathroom, are you committed in your life? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, if you take a poo in your pants, 80% of the way, like you walk 80% of the way, take a poo in your pants. Are you really committed to going to the bathroom? They're like, they're like, no. I'm like, would you ever do that? They're like, no. I'm like, so why would you, if you were a pro athlete, go out and drink alcohol and get drunk and do dumb stuff and get into a fight? Or why, as a mother, would you smoke cigarettes? Or why, as a father, would you um, hurt your family? Or why, like, there's all these whys. And so I look at this, and a lot of time, people just don't know what is in front of them. They, that, that's their norm. That's what they've been um, trained, or that's what they've grown up with. That's what, you know, whether the abuse or the, you know, the, the hurt or pain or fear and so showing them what's possible, sometimes um, they either have to lose a lot or lose everything. Like addicts, sometimes they have to go to rehab a few times and they have to be, have a near death moment. Or sometimes, um, you know, mother and father, they have to um, go through major, you know, financial challenges to come together and have a vision. And so I think there's always a value proposition, which Showing people and helping them create a vision and understand their purpose are the two major foundational pieces of what they can see. Because I believe you can't see what you can't, um, you can't be what you can't see. And so first visualizing and understand what you want to create. And then the second step is, is putting the right team and commitment together. And so everybody or a lot of people think that they can do everything on their own. Definitely these kids today. Uh, and they learn from their parents, obviously. It comes somewhere. And so I believe that I am more influential and powerful and make more impact, not just because it's me. It's because my team. It's because Jennifer Kramer works 16-hour days and you know puts together the best accreditation in the country with Saks and Vance Ed, which is now Cognia, um, where we can open up as many schools we want in the world. Um, it's because of our, our, one of our partners, Michael, because he used to work in the DJ Jason. And so I think a lot of it comes from our ego um, of being wronged because that's our own self-projection. Uh, we're, 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 we're reflecting on what other people have said or what we've seen, and then we don't want to feel bad or wronged for doing something. And so I think the people, if they get out of their own head and go, huh, I can take advice, um, and I'll give you the kind of the, how it relates to me is, when I was an MMA fighter, I used to get punched in the head. And my coaches, they told me to keep my hands up and I didn't. Guess what? I get punched in the head. And so I went into a world, kind of like the military, now I'm law enforcement, 
where I can get shot if I don't do what my captain says. I can get dead. I can get paralyzed. I can, like a couple of our guys just got shot in St. Francis County, Arkansas. Um, and so I think there's a lot of challenges in the real world. What happens is, is you lose a job. You fail out of school. Like nothing is like death right like that. Nothing is getting punched in the face. And so I think there's different levels of uh, extreme and how you learn or how I've learned. And I've learned how to learn very quickly because I had an ultimatum of either getting punched or dead or injured for life. And the kids today, they don't. They play a video game, they press reset. They play a video game, they press reset. And that's what they think life's about. Same thing with adults, um, but just a you know, different time period. Yeah, I learned. Uh, I I actually took a couple of MMA fights early years ago, and I learned how fle- flexible my neck was going backwards. <laughs> was was what I learned from that that little thing. But what I really want to do, we're going to take a break right here. But when we come back, Jennifer, I really want to get into some of the challenges that we're seeing in the youth today and start uh, really going through what they're faced with, especially now. You know, we're we're talking right now during the COVID nineteen stuff and in. I mean, we're just in a world of uncertainty. So I'd love to hear about some of the challenges you guys are seeing and what you're doing to solve them. We'll do that right after the break. You're with Daniel Pewter, Jennifer Kramer, and this is Rick Morris talking the work-life balance. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack, do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. At the Work-Life Balance, we like to ask simple questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend, or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind? We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at PDWare. PDWare.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDWare. Join us at PDWare.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to this Friday afternoon of the Work-Life Balance. We're meeting with Daniel Pewter and Jennifer Kramer. We're talking about My Life, My Power, 
And uh, of course, there are academies as well, MLMPI. For some reason, I'm getting tongue-tied on that, but MLMPI (laughs) uh, academies. And and Jennifer, that's really coming from, you guys are seeing a lot of challenges in youth and, and challenges in the current educational system. So what are those challenges that you're seeing and why did you guys really create this academy? So like with Daniel, his experience, you know, going around speaking and working with the schools and foster care and the juvenile justice system and the K-12 system. And I come from a traditional private school where I worked with LD ADHD students and um, I left it because I wanted to do something bigger. And when I met Daniel, he really wanted to create a change. And we were the first, literally the first time we talked, we both had the same vision of literally shifting the educational system because the traditional educational system really focuses on, you know, if you excel in math, science, social studies, and it focuses on your lack. If you look at report cards, if you look at things you teach, you know, they worry about if you're doing well on a test, not as you're doing as a whole student. So, you know, him and I have been doing lots of different things with emotional intelligence-based things. I write curriculum. He has a program as well, too, that we utilize in our schools called GPS for Life. And um, then what a spinoff on that was GPS for Success. And we were really finding, you know, the traditional school does not focus on the life skills and the emotional intelligence things. And if you think about it, you know, Daniel and I talk about this all the time in our training, you know, when you're from ages zero to, you know, three, your parents are telling you, get up, go explore, go look, you know, go look around, go do this. And then after, you know, from ages like four to 21, it's sit down, look forward, pay attention, and then go be, you know, go release you out in the world and be productive citizens. But we're not really equipping our youth with that today. And that's what we're trying to do with our school systems is be very out of the box and find unique ways using mentorship, using speakers coming in, using, you know, very different ways of approaching education, because you can still teach the same things to the kids, you can just teach it in a different way. So it's better equipping them with just life skills. And in our, in our write-up for the show as well, though, you were talking uh, around bullying, you were talking about uh, mm-hmm. suicide. Talk to me how this helps either help or equip or, or prevent some of those issues. I'm going to have Daniel address this because I want him to talk about his unique way about how he started MLMP because it has to do with bullying. So I'll, I got on TV, TMZ, and said, I'll come to your school if you're being bullied. And you can look it up, Daniel Pewter, TMZ. And what I was seeing was is there were so many kids being picked on, bullied. We got over 10,000 emails in the first eight weeks from 12 countries. And there's some three different types of people. One were our kids, one were the parents, and one that I didn't expect were the adults. And the adults said, I wish you were in my life because they knew I was an undefeated MMA fighter. I wish I, were, I wish you were in my life when I was a kid to protect me. And I looked at what was going on in our bullies, and I looked at what was going on in our bullied kids. What the average public school system has done, or the average school system, period, after school program, anything related around the country is they tell the bullies they're bad, which the bullies are hurt more and they're just taking their anger, their frustration, their hurt out on other people. They don't even understand what they're doing because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a response to something they've never been trained about. It's kind of like if I were to give you a car when you're four years old and say, go take it around the block. You've seen somebody do it, but you don't understand it. 
And so their own emotions, they've never been trained. And when a lot of the systems say, oh, we train our kids with social emotional learning, it's very, very, very low level uh, training. It's very um, content heavy and context light. And so if a teacher is getting frustrated in a class and they're trying to teach emotional, social emotional learning or emotional intelligence, then we have a challenge. And so I think there's two sides of it with schools is I look at, I look at two different pieces. We, we either live from love or we live from fear as a context. The fears uh, create anger. They create hurt. They create pain. Um, a fear is only based in our ego and we create it to be, to give us the ability to stay alive. A fear um, creates the right emotions when we need it. Obviously, back in the day, a lion would run after us. We would have uh, a thing. When I talk to kids about their anger, hurt, or pain, we have our psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, counselors. When we talk to, talk to our students about this or staff, a lot of them don't know the even foundation of where it's coming from. And for them to start self-reflecting and start looking at their past experiences in either two worlds is how I break it down. One is I'm blessed uh, and I'm thankful that an experience in my past happened. And the other one is, is I'm going to blame somebody else or I'm going to blame myself because they're bad and wrong. And so many people are scared of the bad and wrong, but they're still doing it every single day. They're still doing it to themselves and they're still doing it to other people. And so it's interesting to watch people say, I want this result in my life. And they can't even get past the gate. They can't even get past the start line because they don't know the fundamentals to be able to let their, like they're walking around like this all day. They're walking around with a hand, you know, a blinder on. And if we can just help push that out a little bit and go, oh, wow, this is a hand. Okay, let's take that. Let's really see life. And so we've created... Um, and we've seen what doesn't work, and we want to see what does work. The challenge is, is what does work, like Jen and I trained cops in multiple states this last summer and educators. And what people always say, oh, cops aren't being nice, or, you know, my teacher is not being kind. And I'm like, okay, hold on, let's, let's, let's break this down. Cops are never trained on how to be nice. They're never trained to understand their emotions. They're never trained to understand their beliefs. It's like our military. They're never trained. It's like the average entrepreneur is not trained on maybe they have the content, the, the, the business content on how to start a business, but they've never actually been through the business. So how are we supposed to create an expectation of somebody else's life if we can't even own our own? And how are we supposed to own our own if we don't even know what it entails to do it? And so with the kids that are being bullied and drugs and gangs and prostitution and suicide and sex trafficking, all these different things that kids are trying to find love and trying to experience life, that's what they know right now. And so when we can show them something different, when we can show them what's possible for them and their family, when we can help them break down why they do what they do every single day, their real purpose, 99% of the time, it's taking care of their family, taking care of a loved one, taking care of their mother. And if we can get them to identify that and see that, we can help them get out of the rut that they're creating every single day. 
So is that your atypical student that, that your academy serves or like how, how does, how does that piece work? How does someone find the academy? How does somebody enroll? What markets are you in right now? How does that stuff work? So our schools serve kids that are challenged in one way or the other. I think every student today growing up, it's very challenging. Um, they have some benefits. Uh, our generation, my parents' generation, they grew up in front of a TV plant, you know, eating bonbons. This generation sits in front of video games, interacting with people around the world, um, playing as a team, but they're spending like eight to 10 hours a day on video games. So it's interesting to be able to see, um, you know, where kids really live, what makes them excited, what makes them enjoy life. And so many of them love to disconnect, then connect to this world. And so showing them what's really possible, it, it takes time. And so, yeah, a lot of these kids that are failing the school system, we take and we support them. And then we have straight A honor roll students that come into our schools and just mm -hmm. want to get ahead. And, and want to change their life for the better because they just don't get it yet. Yeah, so we, we serve kids, you know, with academic challenges, attendance challenges, behavioral challenges, and, and we take them through our programming and, and basically help them graduate. We, you know, we, like Daniel's been saying this whole time, we, we show them that there are other opportunities because these are in very low socioeconomic areas, um, high crime rates. And, you know, we show these kids a different opportunity they, that they never would have had. So that, that's typically our demographics. And so how many schools do you have right now? We currently have three. Three? And where are they? So we have one in Liberty City, Miami. And we have one in Oakland Park and in Cutler Bay. All of these are in Park. South Florida. Oh, in South Florida. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, when we come and back, what, what I'm, go ahead, Daniel. Go ahead. Yeah, and, what, and what's great is, is we're building these schools. We're building a millionaire's model where we can do the same thing mm -hmm. with kids that are, you know, higher social economic. We're doing a, a one in about three years, a billionaire's model, because every mm -hmm. billionaire wants their kids to not be on drugs because they have everything and there's no value in life. So we're looking at these different models on how we can support every type of kid long term. But it's, it's really understanding that type of kid and, and, and relating, connecting to where they're at today. Perfect. So we're going to take another break right here. When we come back, I do want to talk about how that works financially, how somebody in a community, if they say, wow, my community really needs something like this, how that kind of works financially, what it looks like. Um, and again, uh, funding options for these challenged kids. How, do they, how does it get funded? How do they... How do they find an academy like this and start something like this? So those are the things that we'll talk through when we come back. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you aware that 80% of project management executives do not know how their projects align with their company's business strategy? Are you aware that businesses identified capturing time and costs against projects as their biggest project management challenge? Are you aware that 44% of project managers use no software, even though PricewaterhouseCoopers found that the use of commercially available project management software increases performance and satisfaction? Now, imagine that you could have the ease of entry like a spreadsheet and a software 
virtual, set up and running within two to four weeks. Imagine within two weeks being able to see clearly where all of your resource conflicts are. Well, you don't have to imagine because PDWare has already created it. PDWare can give you real-time access to KPIs, easily updated views of what your teams are working on, and immediate feedback to some of project management's toughest questions, like, when can we start this project? What happens if we delay this project? Can we do this in time? How does this new project impact our current portfolio? Find us at pdware.com and imagine not manually compiling endless reports again. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back to the Work-Life Balance on this Friday afternoon. We're talking with Daniel Pewter and Jennifer Kramer, uh, co-founders of the My Life, My Power International Academy. I think I said something uh, inappropriate, not inappropriate, but I, I said it wrong last time. Let's not get inappropriate here. Uh, really, really quickly though, Daniel, how many fights did you have in the MMA? Um, I had eight professional, 20 amateur, but the amateur was different back in the day. So, you know, it wasn't counted. It was very interesting. I, I was in the sport before the sport was really what it is today. But still 28, no. And, and we all know there's that one lucky shot, just just right here on the chin, just catch it just right and lights out. Not, so. not from you, bro. No, no, definitely don't, not from don't you. Talk smack. Don't talk <laughs> smack. I'm not talking smack. I'm saying how you know awesome what? it is is to go 28 fights and win them all is my point. I, I, I've had the lights out uh, happen, and it's not fun. I'm just going to throw that yeah. out. It's not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> coming, back, coming back to the Academy stuff. So we're, we were leading into you know, how does this get funded? Like how does this financially work? What, even better, I have a lot of entrepreneurs that, that listen to the podcast. Like, what's, what's really in this for you guys? So what I looked at with the nonprofit side is I said, relying on grants, relying on contracts that I was doing, um, and there were smaller contracts. If it's not built in as a system, as a budget line item somewhere, then long term, it's not sustainable. And so I was looking at there's so many groups that out there that help people, but helping people doesn't necessarily solve a problem. And so uh, I don't see as many people solving problems today because it'll put them out of business. And I'm excited. If I don't have to do any anti-bullying, like we don't even do that much anti-bullying stuff anymore because we're about helping the human, which is growing a human, not just the bullying side. Because I said, I saw that was in the future. The future, that's not the foundation. If you tell a kid don't bully, then they're probably going to go bully somebody. And so 
we built a system that's a for-profit model um, that we get to go out and build schools and they're state funded. And through this system, um, the challenge between private schools and private public schools, which are called charter, is charter schools get more funding um, to build their uh, initial school. They maybe get land, they get a property, they get, there's, there's things they get depending on the situation. We get none of that. So we have to put up our own dollars to be able to get into locations to then be able to rent. And then from there, long-term, we can make, um, you know, we, we put a lot of money back into the kids. And so we've created a system where it can be profitable because we, we have so many resources and we can bulk buy and we're doing things internally. And we're setting up the company right. We own our own curriculum. We're building our own curriculum right now from 6th to 12th grade for math, science, English, social studies. We're doing some amazing stuff. And so it's cheaper than, and we're putting the money up front to be able to build the foundation so that we can create more revenue, create a little more profit to be able to open up more schools. And so we look at how do we put as much impact within our kids every single day um, as possible. And we're doing it. Um, and then we're state funded. So we get contracts with the state. Uh, in the state of Florida, there's, there's uh, a couple handfuls of states that are going to a model called school choice, or they call it voucher or scholarship. And from there, the students apply. We get awarded the scholarship, um, or they get awarded the scholarship, and then they come to our school. And so it's an amazing system that's been created in Florida. Um, I want to thank the people out there that have been doing this. It's not just... Uh, Republicans, people always say, oh, Republicans, this, it's, it's Democrats too. Both sides are winning because guess what? A lot of the Democrats that are getting elected, they have smaller base schools that are helping their community out where they have impoverished um, financial challenges, generational poverty, jails, foster care, and their people are really getting taken care of. And so uh, I want to thank, uh, you know, the, the, the legislation and, and, and our politicians to be, be supportive of this. And uh, it's amazing to see what's happening. So essentially then um, for, from that perspective, then the, the voucher system is, is how that kind of helps from a state funding. When you say you're state funded is through vouchers. Yeah, that's correct. So the state is funding it from, from when we got the contracts and our accreditation. Okay. And so, Talk to me then about the students, right? We talked about kind of the why, we've talked about a little bit of the how, we've talked about some of the finances, but what are some of the outcomes that you've seen um, with this school? So this is technically our second year. So year one, um, we started with just our Liberty City campus and we started with six students. We literally opened the doors with six students and we ended the year with 52. And then this year we have three schools. So we added two more and um, we have currently about, I think like 320 or so around that number is, is the current number that we have in all three schools. And, you know, we, we've seen the kids really grow, but there's one in particular student um, from Liberty City. Um, his name is Sebastian, and he started with us um, year one, and he was kicked out of his school. He was dealing drugs. He was homeless. He got kicked out of his mother's house, then kicked out of his father's house, and then was living with his aunt. And I remember he went to, I believe it was Daniel and, or Daniel or Michael, I can't remember exactly who it was, but I think it was Daniel. And he went to him and said, you know, I don't, there's not enough beds in the house because there's too many kids. 
And so, you know, us being a private school, we have the autonomy to do things. So, you know, Daniel went out and we bought him a bed, a bunk bed for the room so he could have enough beds for his room. And Sebastian has come so far and he's graduating this year. And, and Daniel and I, like he said, we, we also have the opportunity to train law enforcement. So we have a government contract with Haida high-intensity drug trafficking areas, which is through Owen CP and the White House, the Office on National Drug Control Policy. And Daniel and I got the opportunity last summer to train law enforcement and educators in four states. It'd be Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and then Florida. And we went through and did it for 10 days, and we invited Sebastian to come because he likes to do filming. And he had never been out of the state of Florida never done anything like that. And he came with, and Daniel and I run hard. We are 16 hour days. We don't stop because, you know, you know, Daniel, one of his greatest strengths is connection and building teams. And he's built a great team and we're all super dedicated to what we're doing. And Sebastian didn't know what hit him. So where he was with us literally for 10 (laughs) days, we wore him out, but he did so amazing. And he's this big kid. He's like a giant teddy bear. He was here in Atlanta with me and my daughter here. And And he's just, we're so proud of him. He's come so far. And um, he's one of my most favorite success cases. And we have quite a few others too, but he's close to my heart because he's such a sweet kid. And and he's, his come from, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't project what he is. But, you know, I think us emulating and giving him mentors and showing him opportunities and creating things for him, we've got him a job. He recently was homeless again, and we found another home for him. Um, so, you know, we, he's one of our, um, great success stories. So but one of the keys to that though, even though that you, you had some, some slight assistance here and there is, is really back to the accountability, accountability, mm-hmm. right? So he's somebody who's really working the program and understanding he has to be accountable to himself in order to grow further. Right. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, you know, he, he loves to learn, but people, you, people sometimes get stuck in the learning phase. They don't realize they need to evolve and transform. So that's one thing that Sebastian has been doing. He, he's like a sponge. He soaks up things and he really wants to be better and do better and broaden his horizons. And he's really, Daniel's really taken him under his wing. Um, Daniel's, you know, one of probably the greatest mentors that I think Sebastian's probably ever had in his life. So Outstanding. Daniel, any, any favorite stories you have really quickly? No, she's going to give me a tear up. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> whoever said a big badass fighter couldn't have some feelings too, you know? That's right. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's interesting because about three months, two months ago, he did come back again and he said, um, I, now I got Keith out of my aunt's house. I tried to reconcile with my dad. I got Keith out of my dad's again. And he literally called me because I have nowhere to go tonight. And so we got him into a place. He went out and got himself, uh, a better job, uh, paid more. He started doing some part-time work for our schools. Um, and we helped him financially. And then, then one of my, my buddies, um, at, uh, one of the companies that, that we use, uh, ACH, it's our, it's our, um, our, our uh, HR, HR company, um, in Florida, they sent, they said, Hey, we want to sponsor one of your kids. And so I, with me paying out money, I said, Hey, why don't you sponsor this kid? It'll cover his first couple months getting off the ground and it basically got him living and a bicycle and um the right clothes he needed and you know just the right setup and so 
it's a blessing in my life to have mentors that are like, Hey, where's the money really needed? Not, Hey, are you going to go spend like 20% of that on administrative? A hundred percent went to we're, we're, I'm, I think, you know, right now he owes me like four or 500 bucks and he's got the cash and I just haven't met up with him. And I, and he goes, Hey, I need this. And I need that. I said, take some of the cash and, and, you know, let's do payments. And so the kid's becoming more responsible. He's uh, accountable to who he is. And, and so what I love is that he follows up with me every week. Um, and uh, he's just a big blessing. Like he's, he, when he shows up to school, he's got, he's got a lot of happiness and he's got a lot of drive and he's also got a lot of anger from, from past stuff. And it's amazing to watch him grow uh, over the last year. Uh, that's phenomenal, especially learning how to deal with that anger. Cause uh, unfortunately that can come out with very negative consequences for anybody but uh a lot of t- you know hurt people hurt people essentially and so yeah. having them learn not to hurt is really how you get them to prevent the hurt so we're gonna take you. our we're gonna take our final break right here i'm glad because at the beginning of this segment you you were making sure i wasn't i wasn't saying i could knock you out i was saying just <laughs> the right shot on the chin so i'm glad we're back to to, to square one you and me so that, that i just want i just want to make sure we're on the same page here, I just, i'll, come, I'll come to your house right now <laughs> I, I know. I, I, you should, you should show me your knuckle daniel <laughs> the, the, so, knuckle, the knuckle that the knuckle that doesn't exist anymore no? yeah oh, wow. you, you lost the knuckle <laughs> i lost the knuckle it went, in, it went into my hand <laughs> oh my goodness so uh, I'll, I'll sleep much better tonight for sure. So uh, we'll come right back uh, with the Work-Life Balance with Daniel Pewter, Jennifer Kramer, and we'll do our final segment. You're listening to Rick Morris on the Work-Life Balance. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. At the Work-Life Balance, we like to ask simple questions to our executives and portfolio managers. Are you picking your projects based on what the organization can spend, or is it based on what your resources can realistically achieve? This question, if not answered properly, can cause great strain on your staff, limiting the return on investment. When creating project selection criteria, does your organization attempt to understand the amount of resources needed to complete the work? Is this done in spreadsheets or at a high level? What if we told you there was a simple and easy solution that was built with resource planning in mind? We call it Resource First from PDWare. Resource First was built with resource planning as its foundation. We have years of experience that proves before a company fine-tunes its project and portfolio management processes. Without a process for resource planning, the best processes and algorithms can fall flat. Resources should be first when deciding the strategy of taking an organization forward. Find out more at pdware.com. Put your people first with Resource First from PDWare. Join us at pdware.com. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. 
To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance, visiting with Daniel Pewter and Jennifer Kramer. They are both co-founders of the My Life, My Power International Academy. And so um, how do people find out about the Academy? How do they find you guys? How do they fund it, right? Uh, that, that millionaire that's listening right now that wants to fund their own school and, and put their name on it, how do they find you? So you guys can email me directly if you're super interested, dp at <laughs> Uh, if you want to look at more information, just Google My Life, My Power International Preparatory Academies um, or My Life, My Power. You can email, you can Google Daniel Pewter. Um, go on our in YouTube, our Instagram. Uh, you can see Dr. Oz, Les Brown. We have some amazing people coming together to make impact with these kids. Um, and so we're looking for people that want to make a little bit of um, – you know, profit, but also invest and have a legacy project for their life. Some people are putting their name on it. Some people don't. Um, we have different setups for, you know, people that just want to um, support us on getting something going and get their money back. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to build more schools. I want to impact kids. And if we're able to do this together, we're going to change the world. Outstanding. So I'm going to go to Jennifer first. Jennifer, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Goodness, that's a tough question. Um, I guess it comes from like having my parents were, were the most amazing parents and they are a heavy influence in my life and, and they're so kind. And I think that they taught me two major things, which is just being grateful for what you have and always leading with kindness. Um, cause those are two, two things that I believe that if you, if you truly are grateful, not just say that you are, but actually understand, you know, look around you and and see all the beautiful things that you have and the friends and family and, and even all of the stuff going on with, you know, with the pandemic and COVID-19, all this is kind of making all of us kind of take a step back and realize, you know, what we do have. And then, you know, my, my parents are just so kind and generous and loving. And I think that's one thing that they've always taught me is just to lead with kindness because you can't really go wrong with that. So that's some great that's advice, amazing. I guess, that I received. And then Daniel, other than don't get hit in the face, what's some of the better <laughs> advice you've received? Uh, win, keep your hands up. Um, I think the biggest thing in life is love yourself. Mm. If, if you really internally care about yourself and not the things that you have or the people you have around you or like people come and go. And I see so many people get off track with, oh, I lost this or I lost this ring or I lost. Okay. So it comes and goes at the end of the day. Life is not about, to me, life is not about things per se. It's really how do I live? How do I build my team? How do I impact the world? Um, And how do I just enjoy who I am and am blessed with life every single day? So where did you find your power? getting punched in the face when I was angry. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't go into depth. You know, when I was a kid, I was picked on and bullied for being in special ed. They labeled me learn disabled. And so I understand how it feels to feel pain, how people hurt people, hurt people, like you said. And, and I, um, I saw a lot of that, but I didn't understand that. I was never taught that. 
Um, I was able to go home and cry in my mom's lap when I was a kid or, or express something. And then I got angry. And so really understanding how um, I chose that I wanted life. I mean, it's called free will. That's the best part. What we have is the ability to make a choice. And so getting to make that choice and understand what choices I have are uh, valuable, but really diving deep into myself and getting rid of um, some of those past blame and shame things uh, in my life was, was one of the biggest transitions over the last five, 10 years of working with other people and seeing it. Then I started seeing it in myself. And Jennifer, any final words for the audience or anything that maybe we missed during the interview? No, I mean, we're, Daniel and I are just very grateful to be talking with you and the opportunity to kind of discuss, you know, what we're doing within the school systems and then with, you know, educators and the, um, the drug prevention curriculums and everything. We're just, we're very grateful for the opportunities that we have. And, you know, Daniel and I have been building connections and relationships for many years. And, and we realized that, you know, in order to you know, we have to start somewhere and then the school system is where we're starting and we're going to really create impact in, in, in the educational system. So we're just very excited. Is there a connection you've been searching for or trying to get to that maybe haven't achieved yet? Is there somebody in particular you're going after? I, you I know, know. My, I think my biggest thing at this point is two parts. One is obviously funding schools and getting people with bigger foundations and bigger pocketbooks to go, I see the vision. I want a part of the legacy. Uh, I'm excited. And the second part is, is we're looking at really building our legacy uh, with, with land because it's very hard to find the right properties to put schools in, get them permitted, get them zoned. And so we're, we're talking to some people in the land world where we can, um, you know, real estate owners, people that want to, and there's a lot more that's coming up right now. Um, because of COVID-19, um, but we're looking for people in that world. Um, we're starting to put a fund together right now, and we're going to start buying properties. So if people are interested in this, I, I just want good humans that say, hey, if you spend a couple hundred bucks on a bunk bed to change a kid's life, you know, go for it. I, you know, Because our partners right now that have invested, they don't care if I spend a few hundred bucks here and a few hundred bucks there because it's changing the kids' lives. They're in this for the life, and they know that the bigger we get, the more we do, the more impact we're going to make. And it's a huge legacy. That's fantastic. Well, gang, thank you so much for being a part of the show and coming on and sharing your vision, sharing your passion with us. Uh, if anybody out there uh, knows of that big real estate person, knows for that big uh, person with a huge heart, maybe the person that's got the personal cell phone number of Bill Gates, you know, who knows? Right? We, we never know who's listening, but this this is the time for action. This is the time to to really, I mean, it, when we start talking legacy, we impact one child who then gets to impact 10 and those get to impact a thousand and so on and so forth. This is how you do it. So for those of you that are searching for a cause or searching for a way, I'd say look no further than, than this academy. Um, it's been a blessing to meet you guys, work with you, and I uh, look forward to lots and lots of success in the future. Thank, thank you, brother. You so Have a much. blessed week. Yes, thank you. So coming up next week, we've got the, the formidable Inga Rock is coming on. Inga is a, a dear friend of mine. She actually has built a huge organization overseas and is now starting to bring that practice and, and business here to the United States. She's a powerhouse, uh, motivational speaker, uh, just and not only that, but she's just really, really fun person to be around. So we're going to have Inga Rock on next week. We're going to want to make sure that you tune in right here every Friday 
4 o'clock on the Voice America Business Network. That's 4 Central, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific. And, uh, of course, we always hope that you live your own work-life balance, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in...